0: Well, ladies and gentlemen, podcast fifty-one of uh, the Talk and Shop podcast. Uh, Who to thunk it? Uh, Happy New Year to everybody! Um, I uh, I want to thank our new Patreons, Alex Webb and Aaron Bates, right out of the gates. Uh, thank you for uh, subscribing <laughs> and uh, and listening. I had a great uh, great email chopper uh, just a few days ago a father and son their flight got canceled as many have over the holidays so they drove from San Diego to San Francisco listened to the pod the whole way Uh, I mean what a compliment that is and they absolutely loved it uh, bringing them closer together not only as a a coach and a player but as
1: a father and son so um, happy new year my my brother how you doing I'm great buddy happy new year to you and that's a really cool story that's that's why we're doing it, man. If we can bring dads and, and sons closer and coaches and kids and um, get down to the real, the real root of, of why we love sports so much, it's not so much for the win and the loss. It's more about the connection and the life lessons and uh, just trying to grow as, as sons and fathers and friends and coaches. It's great.
0: Win that heart. And I'm, uh, I'm very close, my brother, to, to finishing a rough draft of, of a book my first book, uh, the, the coach ball game book. And a lot of it has to do with this podcast and quotes from our guests here, uh, and, and quotes from you. And, and, that's a big one. Win the heart. Um, and, and you might be in that book, uh, chopper. So, so, uh, keep an eye out for that. Love that uh, as you've inspired me big time, but, um, Hey, uh, it, it's a new year. It's 2023. Do you have any uh,
1: resolutions? Do you do that sort of thing, brother? I don't, um, I just, for me, it's just, a, I guess, an opportunity just to kind of double down on, on all of the, the values that we have and just try to be a good person and inspire and motivate and try to be slow to anger and, and quick to forgive and have empathy and try to show love and find the positive in any situation. Um, and, and the New Year's for me is just like, all right, hey, let's go. Like, let's, let's refocus on, on those things that, that just bring a better life. You know, um, no matter what comes your way, you can control how you respond. So that's what I do every new year is I try to just really focus on that and love my family the best I can and keep moving, dude. Let's go. Keep on
0: moving. I, I, I've I've tried uh, to make an effort in the new year to come up with some healthy outlets. And, uh, you know, I, I, we do speak on mental health a lot on this show. I think it's, it's very important. Uh, to check in with your mental health, and, and for me, I really want to chase those outlets uh, that improve my mental health, that make me happier. Uh, that's the gym every morning. That's that's definitely making my mind a happier place. Playing music with my friends. I got to play uh, some music with my boys. Uh, we had a reunion gig. We hadn't played in 16 years. Uh played a couple weeks ago, and we fell right back into, into the pocket, right back into the groove. But all four of us now, uh, you know, uh, we, we, have, we have kids, we have real jobs, we're married. We have this perspective now, 16 years later, uh, that this is it. This is so fun. And, and we all felt like kids. And, and so chasing that, chasing the music, I set my drum set up in the, in the garage. My daughters are, are jamming on that thing too, which I love. Um, but, uh, but chasing those, those outlets and then golf, I'm really driven to try and get a little better at golf. And it just, it takes me away from that everyday grind, which we can get into as middle-aged fathers who are, are working and, and trying to be a good husband and a good father and, and, and bring, you know, bring in the bacon at the same time. So, um, I thought it'd be a good a good way to start the year with a new segment: How's your mental health? There's this stigma chopper. Not so much with my kids, a little bit. Uh, you know, I have the younger kids, but in in middle school, high school, where especially young boys that they're not willing to open up or share their feelings or uh, or, or check in with their own mental health or ask their buddy, "Hey, how's your mental health?" I want I, I want to change that. I, I don't I don't want to. I want to see a kid go 0 for 5 with a couple of strikeouts and then just beat himself up and then sweep it under the rug. Uh, you know, uh, uh, what uh, what's your play as far as coaching these high schoolers uh, and and even with travel ball with maybe a little bit younger? Um, what's your advice on on how to crack this
1: stigma? Yeah, for the younger boys and really for the older boys, it's about their joy being detached from results, and that's kind of the goal is like, and I do I try to show this every day in practice of like we take a time out and look at the sunset of like, man, look at how beautiful that is, you know, and it's like ten seconds, but it's just a reminder of like, hey, how fortunate we are, Hey, you have a mom and dad that love, you, you have a roof over your head, you have a, a house with a family with more than one car, which is like less than three percent of the world. Um, you haven't had to worry about a meal in your whole life, you know so I try to give them these glimpses of like what we can be grateful for. Um, And then it's like, hey, we're playing a game. So, yeah, you're going to fail. But you know what? There's some beauty in that failure, too, because if that wasn't a big part of this game and losing, then you wouldn't play it. If it was just a, hey, come ride the ride and everyone wins and there's no failure and no trouble, then the great moments wouldn't be so great, right? They kind of lose their shine. Um, So I want them to fall in love with all of it it's a grind. It's hard. I wanted to kind of embrace the difficulty of the game. And then if you have that look of like, dude, that was really hard yesterday. I was frustrating, but Hey, you know what? Today's a new day and a new moment, or even my first about was frustrating, but this second at bat, this is a new moment and a new opportunity to overcome. Hey, I made an error, but watch this, you know? Um, so that's kind of the narrative that I, that I try to preach. And then even if you don't win at the end of the game or the end of the season, you went through it all with this great mindset and it's a great lesson for your opponents and your teammates of like, dude, that guy really struggled, but he still shined through it all, you know? Um, And that's the power uh, that I think baseball and sports brings. Uh, So that, that's what I shoot for. Uh, Obviously come up short plenty as a coach, um, but that, that's, that's the narrative that I try to preach.
0: Love that. And, and I, I like to bring the kids in, uh, pretty early on in the season and and a lot of you coaches out there, you're about to have your tryouts. You're about to start your, uh, your little league, especially in the warmer weather uh, places, but in any sport um, bring them in and and just have a, have a family discussion Uh, uh, before you start playing any sort of ball. um, Get to know your players. We've talked about that a lot. Give them nicknames, ask them, you know, what their favorite things to do are and really get in tune with them each player has their own lock and you got a different key for each lock unlock that thing and I, I i had this visual of uh i heard i went to a donovan frankenreiter concert and he's got a great line um when you fall down i'll lay down beside you for as long as it takes and i had this visual of a player falling down and and i had a, i i see a coach that that Wants to scream, get up, get back up, get in the game, but instead he doesn't. He lays down beside him and he says, "Hey, dude, I've fallen down before. I'm gonna lay here right beside you in the mud, and for as long as it takes. And I never want to do that. I'm Mister Positive. I'm Mister uh, Jump back up, respond quick, and and let's let's get after it. But there are some kids that that that's not what they need. They need empathy. They need you to, to lay down beside them and say, Hey, I'm here for as long as it takes. And, uh, and, and I think that visual there, uh, you know, make that a painting and, and show that painting to your players and say, this is me, this is who I am. I'm I'm going to be that guy. When you fall down, I'll be right beside you. And I'm going to make plenty of mistakes. Um, but As far as like cracking a stigma on sharing your feelings or or being open to, um, to create a relationship with a, with a coach or a player, I think the coach has to make that first move. You know, the, the dad, the mom has to make that first move and say, Hey, this is a safe place where you can share whatever you need to. You having a bad day at school, you have a tough test, uh, you know, uh, a, a relationship that's, that's, uh. That you're struggling with let's all come together and, and let's let's win each other's hearts before we start winning baseball games man I think that's the key uh, it, you know and it, it if you want to win championships I think that's the way you do it
1: what what say ye I agree uh and fortunate uh the school that I coach at uh is fortunate it's a Christian school so we get to have this moment of uh devotion where we're gonna we're gonna start it this year but we're gonna go JV is going to practice before varsity, right? Uh, And we're going to all come together for like five minutes before varsity practice starts at the end of JV practice because we have one field that we share. And it's going to be exactly what you just said. It's going to be a moment of, hey, does anybody have any prayer requests? How's everyone doing? Especially with the JV players too, because I don't get to spend a lot of time with them. So we get to check in. How's everyone doing? How's everyone's family? Does anyone need any prayer or any thoughts? Um, Or is anyone struggling with anything? School, whatever the case may be. And we say a quick prayer. And then, you know, we get on with the practice for the older boys and we send the JV boys home. But yeah, it's gotta be, everyone's got to know the culture is what you tolerate or what you create. So you want it to be a culture of openness as a coach and of like, Hey dude, if you're struggling with something, it may seem trivial to the guy next to you, but it's not to you. It's, it's real. So can we help strengthen you and help you through it? Even if it's laying down next to you and help you get through it. And teach these kids the importance of that. And, and to, say
0: hey when you see a teammate that's down in the mud um put your hand around them put your you know put your hand on their shoulder and say hey everything okay Uh, uh, there's something way more important than than the game right now and that's that's you know your hearts and um man i think that's a great thing to teach a young person
2: i love it uh
0: Flipping gears, man. We got a great guest today. We've been oh, excited man, for this guest. Uh, who's on the program, uh, Chopper? And
1: well, how'd you we, guys meet? We have a, a gentleman here, uh, Joe Davis, who is the play-by-play voice of the Dodgers. He's also the voice of the World Series, MOB on Fox, does a lot of football, uh, can cover any sport. He's got just a pure voice. Uh, Joe and I met uh with my time in the Dodgers, and the words that I came up. For Joe Davis when I think about him are he's humble prepared curious he's gracious he's just filled with gratitude he's thoughtful he's joyous he's positive he's trustworthy and he's just an overall great man and that's that's a heck of a list for uh for how people think of you and that's I know I'm not alone with that's what Joe Davis kind of represents man he is just he's a great dude so super pumped to have him he's gonna be awesome
0: I, uh, I think of him as a utility player. He can do it all and going down his list of, of accomplishments uh, you know, starting out uh, at Beloit College, uh, calling basketball and baseball there, um, did some basketball and volleyball at Loyola University in Chicago, uh, some minor league baseball, some D3 sports. He really worked his way yeah. uh, through the minor league, so to speak, to get to where he is now where, uh, yeah, no, number one uh, MLB guy on Fox took over the Joe Buck role and um, he took over Vince Skelly's Sc- Vin job, Vin Scully, the successor yeah. of, of the guy. So I'm excited to unpack his journey, um, any Vince Skelly stories. Uh, you know, was he nervous calling his first World Series? All, all that right. good stuff. But uh, yeah, he, he can really do it all with, with basketball, volleyball, football, baseball, the whole deal. Um, and I'm guessing while you were working uh, with the Dodgers, you
1: know, that's where you built a relationship with him. And he's got kids, right? Yeah, he's got babies. Uh, he's got three of them. And uh, he loves to cook and uh, tells great stories. And he's always positive. And he's on the show with us. Uh, Joe Davis, welcome to the show. We're just talking about how much we love you. Thank you so much for jumping on. And Happy New Year. Hey, guys. Happy
2: to go on. How you guys doing? Doing great. Snaps. Introduce you to my, my partner here, Coach Ballgame. What's up coach? <laughs> Joe great to meet you. Um,
0: I think of you as the Frank Sinatra of broadcasting. You're quite the utility player man. You you, you do it all. I want to I can't wait to unpack uh, your journey and how you did it but it's, it's great to meet you and Chopper nothing but great things uh,
2: to say about you brother. Thank you man. Thank you. I'm happy to be on with you. Outstanding, I, uh, Joe I went through a list of uh, like what I think about are <clears throat>
1: like words that when I want to describe you to somebody, and this is what I came up with uh, I think you're humble. I think you're prepared. You're curious. You're gracious. You're just filled with gratitude. You're thoughtful. You're joyous. You always have a positive spin. Uh, you're trustworthy and you're just an overall great man. That's what I think about you, dude. So
2: hey, thanks, man.
1: Yeah. What do you think about that? How do you, do you agree with that?
2: I hope you're not going to change it when you hear my kids screaming in the background, like maybe he's <laughs> not that good. Uh, no, that means a lot. And I think that, you know, you mentioned the word gratitude. And I think the more, more that I kind of reflect on things and, you know, I think we all probably, as we get further into fatherhood and deeper into life, we'll probably do more of that reflecting. The more that I do, the more I think gratitude is like the most important thing that one can have. Right, that like everything good comes from having a sense of that, and yeah, you can you know pursue excellence and grind and all that, but the foundation of all that is just being really thankful for what you yeah. do have. Um, so hearing you you say that word uh, that definitely strikes a chord, and you're too kind, man. Using all the words you did, yeah. So you you you
1: you got what some would say is a tough hand. It's not because of who you are, but but following Vin Scully mm-hmm. like take us through that. And even Joe Buck, I mean, golly, like you're, you're getting these opportunities, but because of all these things that I believe you are and like how God made you, I think you're perfect for it. Cause you don't get in your own way. It's just like, Hey, I'm thankful to be here. I'm going to do my very best. But like, what was that like, you know, like that's, that's an amazing opportunity, but it comes with some, it's, it could be difficult if you weren't who you are, but what was that like and kind of give us, give us a glimpse of what that was like.
2: Yeah. I think the first thing, Chad, is that it made the job in the case of the Dodger job, it's why I wanted it. So I was doing Fox stuff and I didn't, I wasn't necessarily looking to add a team gig to the equation, but this was one where it's like, man, like, I can't turn that one down. And the other way to look at it would be, man, I don't want that job. I'm going to be a dead man walking, trying to be the guy to follow Vince Scully. But I try to look at it the other way where it is what defined it for me and why i wanted it and the responsibility that came from that and the just the once in a lifetime nature of being the guy that had that chance and that responsibility it's why i wanted it so i think that was the first part of it and the other part of it was just being me and you know knowing that i'm not replacing vin and in this case i'm not replacing joe and i know it's all semantics but i just couldn't look at it as trying to replace those guys i showed up and tried to work hard and treat people right, but then just let myself be myself. And uh, it helps when the team wins like 120 games a year and I'm delivering good news, but um, yeah, just be myself and and hope over that over time people could come to at least accept that. And I think a combination of me being myself, the team being good and me having a really good partner in oral uh, has allowed people to uh, accept me. And one
1: of the words that I, that I think of when I say, when I think of you is positive. And that's a big deal because, you know, in the replay room for eight years, I heard every broadcast of 162 games for the Giants and the Dodgers. And on the road, you, you have different voices. And there's times when broadcasters can get a little bit negative, and maybe not even know it, but I've never heard you be negative, period. And they like, Dodgers win a lot of games, but there's also moments when it's like, this is a very talented team who's going through it a little bit because baseball's tough. You never, you never got negative. You always found a way to keep it. It was honest. Right. Mm -hmm. But you set it in a way of like the utmost respect for the players and never losing sight of like, this is a really hard game that even these best players are doing it's hard. So is that, is that something that you're mindful of?
2: Um, Yeah. 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 And and you never want to, and you use the word honest, you never want to lose that because people at home aren't stupid and I'm not as a broadcaster, I'm not serving the players. I'm not serving the players' families. I'm serving the fans. And so if I was being positive just for the sake of being positive and treating the players and their families' feelings, I'm not doing my job right. So I think that it does come from just a foundation. I think you got to have a foundation of love in the game, which I have. Uh, Back to that word gratitude. I love where I'm at. I'm so thankful that I'm doing the job. And so with that as kind of this underlying subliminal foundation to the whole thing, I think you can be honest and still just have it painted and positioned where it doesn't come off as an angry guy yelling at a cloud. Uh, you you can be honest you can say what you see and then move on I think it's important not to linger when there's something negative you state what happened I'm not the analyst it's not my job to break down the negative thing it's my job to tell you it's bad tell you that it was a bad play and then move on to the next thing so yeah I, I think that you you got to be honest but nobody wants to hear you linger on the negative stuff
1: I love it coach ballgame what do you got for for my guy Joe
0: Man, oh man! I want to go back to the beginning, um, but I think a lot of a lot of folks think, well, you know, this this guy, he just uh, he he shows up uh, and and bang, he gets the biggest couple of jobs you can think of. But it's not just showing up. I mean, you paid your dues and and going through your your journey of calling. D3 sports, volleyball. Uh, I mean, you called games for the Montgomery Biscuits, for crying out loud. And, and, and you know, uh, listener, um, just do a little, little Wikipedia down Joe Davis Boulevard. Um, where did it all begin? Where the love of, of sports uh, begin for you growing up I, uh,
2: from what I, I hear? Potterville. Uh, Michigan, is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm the son of a football coach. My dad's a longtime high school football coach. I grew up around sports and from an early age knew that I wanted to be involved in sports. And I'm lucky in that I knew not just that I wanted to be involved in sports, but from a really early age, I think from the time that you start thinking to yourself, I want to be this when I grow up, or I want to be that when I grow up, this is what I wanted to do. And it's fine if you don't know that. But for me, it was a big advantage that I did. And so it kind of guided my decision making from a really early age, you know, choosing a college where I went and played Division three football. But the recruiting pitch was, hey, not only can you come have a chance to start right away, but you can announce the basketball games. And then uh-huh. when I got to college, mm-hmm. it was, okay, can uh, you can go to this party or you can go study the industry a little more. And it's not that I didn't go to any parties, but I spent a lot of time while I was in college using those four years as a chance to set myself ahead of the curve for when I did graduate. So I think that having that direction early on is kind of where uh, a lot of the, the success I've had started. I was,
0: I mean, that was the, the second question I had is how'd you start getting these gigs uh in in college uh you know calling basketball so it was it was a it was a barter i'll come play if you let me uh uh you let me call the games i mean that's that's outstanding i um i i wonder how you switch gears from sport to sport i mean you call college basketball you call nfl football uh you're calling the baseball um, one of my proudest moments in this world is I won a Jim Nance Soundalike contest on the Dan wow. Patrick Show. <laughs> True story, 2018. Um, uh, he gave me a call. We talked for 14 minutes and 32 seconds, and then he sent me a bottle of wine. But the video that I uh, submitted was his warm-up routine before the Masters because he's coming off um, the Final Four. He's coming off, uh, you know, uh, March Madness, and then he's got a He's got to go quiet. He's got to go. Uh, so, you know, I just kind of had some word salad, like a 60 second warm up going into live. Like um, Fred Couples has a supple spine, juniper, juniper, juniper. Thank you, 30 <laughs> seconds. Just getting into that groove. Do you have to do that? How do you switch gears from high speed basketball and football to? Slowing it down with baseball. Do you have a routine?
2: Uh, first of all, you do have like the the perfect kind of pitch and resonance to your voice to be able to do Jim Nance. You're mm-hmm. speaking my love language. Yeah, yeah, no, that's beautiful. Um, it's not as, and I do talk to people a lot of, about this, but it's not as big of a deal as people tend to think. And I, I don't know, I don't know why that is. It's just it's, I love doing them both. You know, so at the football and, and baseball at this point, one of the great things about, I guess I can say that's not one of the great things about kind of this recent little run of successes that I'm not doing basketball anymore. Love basketball, but I love my family more. So I get a couple months in the winter where I got nothing. And, uh, so I'm happy to get that one out of the equation and going back and forth between football and baseball, I don't know. It's probably not as difficult of a thing as going between the final four and the masters. You know, that's, (laughs) those are different. That's the 10 speed and the one speed, whereas (laughs) football and baseball, that's like, yeah, it's, it's different, but it's almost like the perfect difference where you're not going to confuse one for the other because they're different enough, but it's not so far from one end of the spectrum to the other in terms of style and energy where it's like a shock to the system. Yeah, I
0: think I I read an article where, you know, as you were taking over the Vin Scully job, um, you know, you weren't trying to emulate him, uh, which is kind of impossible to do. But you took um, what you loved about Vin Scully, you tried to take that with you into your broadcasts. I mean, what parts of your broadcast
2: do you try and uh, try and emulate a Vin Scully? The biggest thing is the storytelling component of it. I think that he he's the greatest storyteller ever to do the job I think these days you don't hear as much storytelling in broadcasts um so I you know when I listened to when I would listen to him and then when I would listen to myself and critique myself my ears were always perking up when I'd hear stories obviously his but then what was really telling for me would be when I'd go back and listen to myself and hear a story and I'd be like ah like okay I'm telling and and that told me something like, okay, there's something about this. There's something to this. So that storytelling component that I try to bring, especially to baseball broadcasts is something I take from him. I think the first thing was recognizing that there's something to it that we as humans like to hear stories. Uh, and I think the other thing is that it, it kind of goes back to what we were saying, Chop, where these are people on the field before they're players. And it's a way to make them that. It's a way to humanize them uh, for the viewers. So they are more than just the team's shortstop and, and three hitter. They are, they're people out there serving these jobs.
0: The story element. I, I mean, I go around the country and I uh, coach kids. That's my job. And uh, luckily MLB has hired me on to run their play ball camps as well. You actually gave me and play ball a shout out at the World Series. I yeah. probably didn't even know who the guy in the fedora <laughs> hat was, but uh, at, we we were there. Jim and Nance. I t- uh, yeah, Jim Nance is, yeah. is coaching play ball camps. Uh, hello, friends. Um, but I was I was telling this story, the the Roberto Clemente story. It's the story I tell to every kid I've ever coached. You know, and man, their eyes light up when you talk about. Uh, kindness and a kid using a lemon for a ball and a stick for a bat or Jim Abbott throwing a no hitter with one hand a lot of times the kid's favorite part of camp is not the hitting or the throwing it's story time so awesome. man I mean the the fact that you would take that from uh the best of all time yeah. it, it it makes makes a lot of sense
2: yeah and you know what I've done too coaches I've studied it I'm not just mm-hmm. studying list by listening to Vin but I could show you over here on one of the bookshelves in here, there are a few books in there on storytelling, on the art of storytelling and the structure of telling stories and, um, you know, how to, how to really not just tell a story, but tell a story that sticks with people and that's you're not gonna you know three hour broadcast every night of a baseball season it's not going to be three hours 162 times of all these stories you know these legendary stories but uh, just a simple way of kind of improving my ability to do that that hopefully permeates across the season where um, they are a little better stories to listen to
0: well definitely comes off seamless to me uh, in my ears so well done
1: yeah for me it's Couple of things that I want to touch on that, and I wrote I wrote down prepared when I think of Joe Davis. But what I want to touch on first is what we talk a lot about with our guests. Uh, Joe is, and I'm going to say this because you have the humility. You won't say it, but I'm going to say it for you. You're really great at your job. You really are. It's it's why you went from Dodgers and then and then Fox said, hey, we need you in the World Series. You don't stumble into greatness. And this is what we talk about when we've had Mookie on and all these guests. Like no one just like you know, th- there's some fortunate breaks, but you kind of make those. So you've always had this vision of what you wanted to do, but the fact that you say, "Hey, yeah, I'm pretty good at st- telling stories," but like I've worked at it, you know, I've I've studied it, I've I- I've perfected when to kind of pause and what stories to tell and why you tell them, and um, it's impressive, you know, I love it. Um, the question that I want to have for you is about about your preparation. Like, what is a day? look like let's say beginning of a series so you're coming in and it let's say National League East so it, this is a club that we're not going to see a ton of but yeah. you know when do you start preparing for that and then what does a day look like where you're thinking about okay this you know this is a really good story i'm going to tell this about so and so
2: yes yeah, so to use the example you gave a National League East team let's say we're playing uh playing the Braves starting on the 15th of the month probably the 1st of the month or so Somewhere in there, first to the eighth week or two before, I'm going in. And, and the tricky thing is in a baseball season, you got a game that night that you got to get ready for. So it's not like on the 15th when the Braves come in, I'm diving into the Braves. The weeks leading up to that, I'm studying the Braves. And I use everybody has their own way of preparing and their own way of putting together these notes. I use a program called Microsoft OneNote, where I it's kind of the landing page for all the stuff I read. Uh, I've got a page for every team, and under that, I've got a tab for every player. And I, I dig, and I don't know how people did it before the internet, but I'm just kind of a hound on Google and go deep down, like, like we all do sometimes late at night. You know, we we get on, we get in some of those rabbit holes, right? You find one video, and then you find yourself. Well, I find one article, and then I, I try to find every article that there is on Ozzy Albies as the Braves get ready to come to town, and I go through and. I update the page. The longer I'm in this, the more I have in that Microsoft OneNote uh, account. And so a guy like that, it's just mostly updating from the last year, finding the stories that were written since I last did the Braves and studied Ozzy Albies. But then uh, Michael Harris is part of the Braves now. So I've got I've got from scratch, got to learn about Michael Harris and all his stories. But anyways, I'm just going through and every player I'm learning about trying to find those stories that I can tell, trying to come up in my mind with creative ways to tell those stories, effective ways to tell those stories. And in doing that, you kind of learn the story of the team and you're you're learning those as you lead up to the series. Then the series arrives. I've got these, all these stories on all the players and I do it for all the Position players, Um, you know, if there's if there's what 13 position players on a team, I probably 10 of them I've got a lot of stuff on, Uh, and then I'll do it for the starting pitchers the day that they pitch. Once we get into the series, I'll do a similar deep dive. Series arrives, so 15th of the month. We're using just as a hypothetical example. I'm doing more deep dives into what matters right now, whereas that stuff leading up to it's the bigger picture, lifetime stories, and maybe over the last year. Well, then we get into the series and it's it's what's important now. It's a little more statistical research. We get a packet from our stats guy, Rick Kurjuwski at the start of each series. It's forty to fifty pages long of everything from your basic stat lines to uh, what kind of pitches he's hitting, what what part of the fields he's using, and so on. So deep dive into that. And again, on the 15th, while you got the Braves that night, you're putting that all together, all the work you've done the previous couple of weeks, ready to use that night. Well, now April 20th or whatever, you've got the the Padres coming to town for the first time. And so you're in the, at the same time working on that. I get the division teams done going into the year because we're going to see them so many times. So I have those, the player pages done, but it's just kind of a, an ever evolving thing. And then I got my Fox games on Saturdays a lot where I'm going away doing Yankees Red Sox. So there are some times there through the middle part of the summer where I'm doing those Fox games every weekend and seeing teams with the Dodgers for the first time where I've got like four or five teams that I'm doing that on at once. And here's the thing about it. You've got a passion and a love for it. So yeah. I believe that although it's
1: stressful, you love it, right? Absolutely, and, absolutely. And it, yeah,
2: yeah. I, I just, I mean, it, it's a lot, but then yeah. it's a lot of reading about sports and getting paid to do it. Like reading about sports and then relaying those stories. Oh, like Crimea River, dude. You know, <laughs> it's the gratitude,
1: man. It comes back to like yeah. you have that foundation of gratitude. Yep. Um, and as a viewer it shows and as someone who, who had opportunities to to see you you know pregame and stuff like covid made it weird but before that and even after in 2021 like every time i got to see you you exude gratitude and joy and like hey what's up what are you guys doing what's up how's it going like what so like that's what i appreciate and that's why i asked you to come on is like i want people to know about you you know about like hey dude this guy he's a great human and he's trying to come into every situation and, and be positive and be, and like I said, you can still be honest and be positive. Um, and you, you just add to every situation. It's like, we talked about Javi Lopez. He came on. Um, and it's like, you make a good situation. Great. And you make a bad situation. Not so bad. Mm-hmm. That's what I appreciate, appreciate about you. And I'm thankful that you're like that. And that's why I'm proud to have you as a friend. Thanks, Sean. Uh, Thank of course. you. Don't Cook you think you I think we need a little mini Chad chop on our shoulder at, at
0: all times. Just giving nice. us that love, yeah. right?
2: I mean, I'm going to take this with me for
0: <laughs> days, weeks. Well, I mean, well, I, I, I keep forgetting the, for Jock Peterson, you were the what you were,
1: you you were given what I was his hype guy and we'd have dig me sessions. So, uh, yeah, when he, when he was feeling a little bit down and low, he would come in and, uh, I would remind him that he's why they're popping all the popcorn. He's the show. He's the cheese.
2: <laughs> It's awesome. So,
0: so good. Um, well, I mean, you you hopped right into the booth. Uh, uh, our pal Joe, who was on the podcast, went over to ESPN, and there you are in the World Series with uh, Smoltzy. Take us inside there. I, I know you'd, you'd called a game or two uh, maybe the previous year, but um, what's it like uh, you're calling the fall classic for the first time?
2: Yeah, it was uh... – So I'd done a couple championship series games filling in for Joe when he would miss for the NFL. I'd never done world series game. Honestly, we talk about having the dreams of what you want to do when you grow up. And this is what I wanted. If had you asked me what, like, okay, now narrow it down. What you get to pick one thing. I'd tell you, I wanted to do the world series. And as a kid, it was Joe Buck doing the world series on Fox. So I would have told you I want to be Joe Buck. And so to have that happen, I mean, not just amazing doing a crown event like that, but when it's specifically what I had always set out to do, uh, mind-blowing stuff, man. You know what was cool, though, is that while it, it met and exceeded expectations of how special it would be, what made me most proud about it is that it never felt too big. So it was that perfect combination of feelings where it was like, wow, this is amazing, and looking around during the anthem, and you know, saying, wow, I'm really here. It never went beyond that, where it was, oh crap, I'm here. Like, oh boy, this is a lot of people watching, sink or swim, buddy. I never had that. It was, oh my gosh, I can't believe I've made it here where I've always wanted to. But then it was, let's go, let's do it. This is what I've been working my whole life to do. I'm ready. This is just the next big game. And that was the other part of it. It was every day, right? It was Division Series Game 1, rolled into Division Series Game 2, rolled into the next big game, into Championship Series Game 1 with the same partner and the same crew and the same game in front of me. And so World Series Game 1 was the next big game in a month full of them. And it was the big game that I'd been working my whole life to get ready for. So it was it was a, a dream come true in, in all the cliche ways, but it was also a dream come true in a combination of feelings that really made me proud. Love that. Uh, Two things there. One,
0: um, back to Jim Nance, that's what he wanted to do as a kid is call the masters. Like, and that doesn't happen a lot. Like, like where you're the kid, you're watching something, that's my goal. And then it ends up happening. That doesn't happen much. Uh, Secondly, what do you attest that, that surprisingly, free and calming sense that you had uh calling the world series uh, is that just um you know the montgomery biscuits and uh and the volleyball uh games at loyal university like why were you not crazy nervous can you can you have do you have an
2: answer for that i think it's all that i think that it's all that stuff that it's yeah i i had been I knew that it's what I wanted to do, and I'd spent most days since deciding that working to get ready for it. So you guys know, it's like it's no different than for any of us when we were in school and those tests that we studied really hard for, and then that feeling when you sit down to take the test, it's like, I got this. I know every answer on this test. Why? Because you grinded to get ready for it. So there's nothing to worry about then. Conversely, there's the test where we've all shown up and been like, oh boy, like I, I just didn't have time to, and I just don't have a grasp on this. I haven't put the time in. I don't know this stuff. Those are very different feelings. We're all familiar with both of them. And the feeling that I had, I think just came from a place of being as well-prepared as I could have been.
0: We ha- we've had actors on, we've had um, uh, musicians, we've had broadcasters, athletes, and it's the same. Uh, there's the same themes that keep coming up. Like um, the uh, the win is the grind. The win is the process. If you're focused on the outcome, you'll be paralyzed. You know, Hunter Pence said that, where, where the 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 outcome will will paralyze you. But you know, you were prepared. You just stayed stayed with the grind. I'm reading Joe Madden's book right now. The struggle is beautiful, man. Um, and I think all of that when you you keep pushing plus on the calculator, add it all up. Yeah. Uh, you're, you're there. You're, you're, you're in the batter's box in the big moment, uh, ready to shine. It's
1: uh confidence through preparation. You know, it's mm-hmm. that it's, mm-hmm. it's exactly what you just said. You perfect analogy for it, but that's what I'm telling my young athletes. It's like, Hey, get in there and grind. If you're not sure, you don't know if you're going to succeed. It, it could, it might happen. You might get lucky, but who wants that anyways? You didn't really earn it um have that confidence through preparation get in there and grind and he's told us like how much he prepares you know so it's like get into the world too he's like oh can't wait let's go there's only two teams left I don't have another I don't have to focus on another game on Saturday like this is yeah, it easy. and I'm ready it's easy, it's easy. Yeah. yeah it's light work right it's great coach ballgame you've got a trivia I'm ready dude I'm fully focused on some Joe Davis trivia Ooh. so
0: Here's what we do, Joe. Uh, at at the end of every uh, podcast, we have a little trivia contest, and and Chopper started out about zero and twelve, really really rough, but he's coming in strong lately, and um and I have uh, I have some trivia, mostly Dodgers trivia. Now correct me if I'm wrong, but you you did a little bit of Dodgers baseball in sixteen, uh, but you you went full on in 2017.
2: Is this correct? correct. Yeah. Yes. So the, do, I give, the, do I win the trivia there? I got that. So yes. One. one
0: nothing Joe Davis. <laughs> okay, good. Um, uh, uh, I uh, so I've got from from 2017 until uh, present day uh, some some stats, uh, some questions for you. So I'll give you a couple seconds to kind of ruminate um, on that. And, and listener, if, if you can try and answer the question before Joe or Chopper, you get the point. But I think, because most of these names are similar, um, you get one guess here, Chopper. This is new. Usually, you can just keep blurting out guesses. like it. But uh, you know, as soon as you know the answer, Joe, say the answer. Um, but you only get one chance at getting it right. right. If you both get it wrong, I get the point. Are you ready? Let's do it. Ready. Since 2017, what Dodger has the most dingers? Cody Bellinger, correct. One like nothing. That. Joe Davis. Um, he's got 152 bombs. Now he's going to be hitting bombs for my Chicago Cubbies at okay. Wrigley. Number two is Max Muncy with 139, and he was he started a year later, so uh, uh, he uh, he's in second place. Uh, most uh, triples from 2017 to present day. What
1: Dodger? Gavin Lux. I like that guess guess too. Okay. No, correct. Chris Taylor. That's just correct. Oh Oh,
0: yeah. I like it. Chris Taylor. uh, Other than last year, Gavin Lux had the most triples with seven. I believe Taylor has led the team in triples uh, every, every year, just a quick one on him as the game is tied one, one and, and, and both of you. uh, What does that guy mean
2: to that clubhouse? Um, but Joe, we'll start with you. He is uh he's an example for me, Chop, of just boring excellence, where it's like he's he's never going, he's not gonna be many people's like favorite player. He's on a team full of stars. But if you ask any one of those stars, like who's in there grinding with the best of them? And I think Chris would tell you too, sometimes to a fault, grinding. Uh, it's him, man. Everything you think of when you watch him play, he's that as a person and behind the scenes. And he he also just as a person, as normal and down to earth and respectful and kind as anybody you'll meet. Yeah, he's he's quiet. He's a
1: professional. Um, I was talking to Doc a week and a half, two weeks ago, and uh, I kind of blew him away with a comp. I had one of my high school kids who just he's going to U of A, and I said, Doc, this kid is Verdugo's talent with Chris Taylor's mindset and doc was blown away yeah right but it's that quiet he's gonna grind you know he's gonna put the work in sometimes to a fault yep chris taylor every clubhouse every successful clubhouse has a guy that's close to chris taylor i think it's a huge part
2: of the Dodger's success he's also the kind of guy chop if my son grows up and he's like him or my daughter grows up and marries somebody like him i'm over the moon happy about it absolutely right yeah perfect
0: um well that point goes to that. joe
1: on that last description of taylor two to one joe
0: <laughs> yeah bang two one joe on that one um we're, we're gonna go one to one and and listener <laughs> keep on uh keep on trying to beat these these guys hit by pitch What, what hitter? Taylor. correct yeah, yeah jt yeah easy uh, J, jt that was an easy one 69 times he's been hit since 2017 another um, guy's gonna be missed he'll be missing that clubhouse man he- yeah, I mean, a, a, a quick pop on him, please, as he's headed on to Boston. Is
1: that right? What uh, what what are you gonna miss about him? Pop, you go first on him. Same thing as far as professional grinder. Uh, he's a superstar, but he doesn't act like a superstar in the clubhouse. He's curious. Um, he's got empathy towards others. He's always trying to kind of give off what he knows. Uh, which is rare for superstars uh, contrast that to like a Barry Bonds who told his teammates, like, why don't you just figure it out? Really? Um, <laughs> Justin Turner is another guy where you're going to find him or something close to him in a successful clubhouse and he, and a great guy in the community. JT's unbelievable. Joe, what do you got?
2: Yeah, I'll, I'll just supplement that with, I mean, we see the obvious stuff on the field, but if you look a little more closely on the field uh, he is He's got a little Manny Machado in him in that it all looks easy and smooth and kind of like he's, uh, I I heard Aaron Boone describe somebody playing defense at third one time, and I'm not saying this about JT's defense at third, but just his overall game, like he's getting into a warm bath. Love it. Mm. Ninth inning in a tie game, bases loaded, he just steps into the box and settles in like he's getting into a warm bath. That's a Jim Nance.
0: Uh, it, it is. is. Just, uh, Everyone can it, relate. That <laughs> backswing <laughs> of Louis Oosthuizen. And uh, it looks like he's <laughs> just climbing into a warm bath. Nice. Um, I got a little Jack Nicholson there. Um, Two on Joe Davis. As we move, uh, we move on to uh, pitchers, what pitcher ha- has hit the most batters since Joe started calling?
1: Good one. Uh, that's a good one.
0: Kershaw? Uh, incorrect. Is Kershaw pitched? He averages about two per year, so yeah. which is amazing.
2: Yeah, as much as he pitches inside, that's why I went with a guess.
1: I know, right? But he's just so pinpoint. I'm gonna go shopper. with Bueller. I'm gonna go with Bueller because he pitched second most games and in innings. And what do you got? Well done. Let's go. Uh, two to. <laughs> Two to two. Uh, Rich Hill
0: uh, is second place with twenty one, but Mueller's hit twenty two guys. Wow, that was um, close for
2: half that time. Yeah. It's so good. As I as you say that, I I get these visions in my head of him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <So laughs> away from. <It's a> <laughs> hey, Joe, were you were you in uh, Tampa when? I was not on that trip. I was watching it on TV at home, and so good. So good. Oh, it's a perfect storm with no fans in the stands. And he he really let uh, the
1: staff, uh, the whole state of Florida, uh, you know, everyone watching that he was not super
2: pleased with the positioning. Where did he he sign in Pittsburgh? Is that right? He did, yeah. Boy, they're going to need to get a few more fans in there to make it family friendly while you're not wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Tie game two to two um
0: uh, the oldest dodger that that joe is called albert pujols there it is Correct. let's go Correct. Boy. Um, Good job joe uh, and yeah. uh, just for fun second place a couple of 39 year olds richville and early on
2: okay i'm thinking a backup catcher no. It's uh, gotta be like, like it. weird relievers that were are right. Here. John Axford or something like that. Ooh, he he's he's really gotten some good good salt and pepper going
0: lately up here. Grinder. Second baseman leader. Oh gosh. Oh, Chase Utley.
1: Bang. Chase, Chase Utley. Silver Fox. Silver Fox. 39. 39. talk about a respected Joe. dude. Chase Utley, respected dude in the clubhouse. My God. Changed changed the culture, really. Of, yeah. of that clubhouse yeah and the, and the preparation before. yep
0: youngest dodger you've called julio. Yeah, correct it's julio, julio Can't be the same was, name twice now um uh the uh Gratterall has been the youngest dodger for a while now but uh julio was 20 when you called him in his first year so julio is is correct for two um man not many 20 year
1: old yeah oh. julio uh nicknamed him el guason because he has a uh like a dodge charger that's the joker colors so el guason is uh <laughs> the, is joker in spanish and uh you want to talk about someone who's just got so much like respect for people like so kind to me and and uh just a really respectful young man and he's he's wise beyond his years and he's got this poise beyond his years um yeah el Guason's one of my favorites man
2: I don't know if it was 2020, I think it's 2020 where it happened for him, where he had such a great postseason run, but it was like the flip of a switch where now every time he pitches, he looks like he believes he's the greatest player in baseball. And some nights he looks like the greatest pitcher in baseball, but it's been really cool to watch that evolution of body language and belief after seeing him get here i know it says age 20 season but i believe he's 19 years old when he first pitched. Ooh, first one was 19 hey yeah. i i am i am so open to
0: being corrected and you're probably <laughs> right he was 19 turned 20 yeah um so uh good deal there when i watch him from the center field camera great pitcher but The numbers sometimes don't match up to what I'm watching. What am I missing, Chopper? What what does he have? Is this this biting
1: breaking ball? It's a high spin rate fastball. It's uh, He's changed the shape of his breaking ball, and that's really what kind of has helped him too. But he also has the fearlessness to throw any pitch at any count. And to me, that's this big weapon. Um, Contrast him to like a Tony Gonsolin, who this year made the adjustment. But in years past, Tony didn't challenge guys. So he'd get into all these hitters counts where – El Guasson, he is he's coming at you. Like, Here's my fastball. How far can you hit it? You know what I mean? So he gets in these O two counts, puts pressure on guys. Guys behind him love to be behind him because they know he's gonna attack. Um, but it's a fastball that disappears with the spin rate. He's got this cut on it sometimes. Uh, talk to Giants about it,
2: and they say the same thing. Like, he's the guy where like this guy's nasty. Yeah. And he knows he's gonna dominate you. Yeah you i i would think as a hitter you can feel that you can feel him just kind of like you know he's six one or whatever but he's got to feel like he's seven feet tall standing out there just ready to dominate you yep.
0: that's what yep. jock said i'm the incredible hulk in the box you have to know that you got to believe that you are he's been um, listening to shop apparently right His height ah, <laughs> big <me> <laughs> uh, we're, we're almost we're almost out of here we all got young kids uh, this is a general MLB trivia question. Uh, who played all 162 last year? Two guys.
2: Dansby Swanson and Matt Olson. 5-2 Joe Davis in the league. Yeah, I mean, you'd love to see it. I'm not even mad. I'm amazed.
1: Wheel of cheese. And both <laughs> those guys, same team. The That's only awesome. two
0: guys to play all 162.
1: Sounds like a culture. Um, I think Freddie Freeman would have done it too if they didn't yeah. force him to sit, him, right? So yeah. same him culture. And Trey
0: were 60, 61. Yeah. Uh, what player had the most RBI in and Joe's first World Series?
1: Ooh. Jeremy Peña? Good guess, but it's incorrect. Man, I, oh gosh, I didn't I didn't watch a lot of the World Series.
0: This, this big, year. this gargantuan home run put him over. Oh, you're on. Were
2: Jordan they getting like nine RBIs for that one? that one?
1: Yeah, take it. Give, give Joe that one. He, I mean, he called, he called it. He earned it.
2: Yeah, whoever <laughs> I said had the most RBIs had the most RBIs, coach.
1: <laughs>
0: Joe Davis is now, he's going to win. Dominant. But we're going to finish with some Kershaw uh-huh. trivia. Next point Who wins? wins. Let's get it.
1: <laughs>
0: Each question's worth two. Who has Kershaw struck out the most?
1: Uh, Belt? In his, correct. Let's go. Very good. Ah.
0: And this is Kershaw's
1: life. life. You lived the other side. I that. was on the other side of it where Belt would wake up with nightmares. Funny story about Belt and Kersh. They were both like these really prominent high school pitchers and Belt was a bigger prospect
2: huh. than Kershaw. Isn't that crazy? And I've confirmed that with both guys. And then, you know, Brandon Belt's first career at bat, a swinging bunt base hit against Kershaw has not made contact since. <laughs> since.
0: Yes. Yes. And Belt <laughs> talked about that in his car at the gas station yeah. in one Horse Town. Uh, Texas, Lufkin, 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 because that's the only place you could get good cell service. But it was in um, a. Uh, what
1: was the car? It was in like a. It was a nice car.
0: It was a nice car in. Don't like his a, cars. In a in a Shell station. It was a Bentley. Um, uh, who's hit the most dingers all time against Kershaw? Orange
2: You're County guy.
0: Auto? Correct. Oh, yeah. Nolan Arenado. Orange County guy. With five. Finally, who's got the most hits of all time? Also the most at-bats against Kershaw.
2: Paul Goldschmidt. He's second. I love that guess. Catcher. Buster Posey.
1: Yeah, Buster Buster Posey. Uh, Singles. Single to death.
2: uh, Joe, Joe Davis
1: beat you. Chat. he did you know what i was beaten by the best and i'm okay with that i like a top two finish
2: i was picturing the world cup shootout this whole time like i got all those little dots yes <laughs> and you tried like wait i get one more dot this is over right it's
1: over it's dormy <laughs> beautiful well uh, oh, that, that's, so that's all
0: i got uh for uh, the frank sinatra of broadcasting he can do it all he's a utility player um uh joe the frontliner and uh, yeah, yeah. Thanks
1: for coming on and uh, and having some fun with us, brother.
2: Hey, it was I enjoyed it, guys. Thank you for having me,
1: Joe. Thank you. Best of luck to you and everything you've gotten you deserve. And uh, we love watching you as a family, and uh, and we'll continue to watch you. So I'll continue to text you randomly during broadcast. Don't worry. I
2: hope you do. I hope you do. <laughs> have a I great day, you, bud. Have it, a happy sound, New Year.
0: Sounds like you're taking a warm bath every time you listen to Joe Davis calling wow. again.
1: See you, Joe. Appreciate uh, you. Man.
2: See you guys. <laughs>
1: Atta boy. Coach, I mean, and that's what I was excited about with Joe is like for folks to get to know him. Um, He's, he's everything that you, you think he is in a broadcast, you know, and he's thoughtful and he's prepared and all this cool stuff. And he's been blessed with opportunity, but he's maximized it and he's prepared for it. And I loved what he said about having that confidence through preparation going into a world series game. It's like, why would I be nervous? This is, this is what I've been dreaming about. I'm I'm excited. It's a matter of like breathing through the excitement, not the fear, you know. Yep. Um, it, it, what, it, a it, what a guy. it was the question
0: I I had uh, for him, and he answered it. Like, how did you not get butterflies, or did you have them? How'd you manage those? Uh, but he answered it. Yeah, and it's the same thing you do uh, when you're in the batter's box in a high leverage yeah. moment. And as a coach, it's it's what you try to create it, is that confidence. That that confidence uh, you teach them to prepare. You you prepare your kiddos uh, in practice so they can uh, entertain the crowd in the game and uh, yeah j- just just a, a a really hard worker who paid his dues uh, and next week we've got another one another great broadcaster who really paid his dues and uh, and now he shares a booth uh, with Bob Eucher. Uh, and uh yeah yeah it's Jeff Levering and he'll be on next week really great guy can't wait to chat with him I've listened to him call Brewers games on the radio forever he's also working with Fox with uh basketball but he's now uh really the head guy uh with Milwaukee so um uh, another chance for us to kind of uh, pinpoint some some themes that we can connect with with broadcasting and, uh, and playing sports or, uh, love you it. know, arts and, uh, uh, and baseball kind of coinciding. So
1: I excited for, for that. Yeah. I yeah. can't wait for it. I got to get off to a practice right now. It started at 11 o'clock my time. So I got to go coach. I love it. Oh you.
0: buddy. I love it. Well, Have a great day. Happy new and, year. Uh, Happy new year.
1: Let's rake.